five, four, three, two, fun. Welcome to another episode of the Ready, Set, Home podcast, your premier podcast for everything to do with Toronto Defiant and the Vancouver Titans. I am Chris at Lightforce, joined virtually as always by Omni at Omnistrat. Missing in action once again is Sam at another Sam Chan. Welcome, Omni. How goes the battle? It goes pretty great. I have six days to go until I get my RTX uh, 3080 according to Canada Post. Mm. Um, Cyberpunk is already preloaded on Steam. Uh, yeah, just hoping it gets here on time. You know, I was uh, talking to some friends in another gaming community who were talking sort of about postal services, whether it be Canada Post or mm. United States Postal Service, and how things sort of ground to a halt. More so USPS compared to Canada Post. But yeah. they showed this meme that showed like... Um, the postal delivery person on like a horse running across the country and, and what have you. And then it goes to like Amazon and it's like a truck from Mad Max with a cattle uh, yeah. pusher on the front going straight through cars. I, I will admit when I see Amazon deliver and it's Amazon, they're going to do everything in their power to get that into my hands the day they say they will 20 times. Now that said, what they're getting into my hands is the box. What's in the box entirely different story <laughs> what would be the equivalent of pure later to <laughs> good question you know i think uh i don't know it's a it's a family-friendly podcast let's yeah. not get there canada post has been solid so my, my canada yeah like i'll be honest canada post is relatively consistent the problem is that when they deliver to to my building um, they only go to the mailbox, like mm. essentially the, the wall. And if the package is too big to go into one of the, like the box doors, yeah. it goes to an alternative delivery site. Oh, uh, yeah. I get that. But what I don't understand is why they can't like buzz me if I have, because like during the pandemic, where am I? I'm home. Yeah. Like, why don't they? They don't. I mean, and th the reasoning that was explained to me, because I actually had an issue um, with one of my deliveries is that we'll do the time they're trying to keep the, you know, socials and people to people contact. Oh, okay. I can appreciate that. But if I say I'm home, can it not be like safe dropped? Like, can I not authorize the safe drop? Like, mm -hmm. you know, drop it by the front door. I will come and get it. Sure. Like, you know, like that's the part I don't get, but yeah, no, they went to, they delivered it to the alternative delivery site. And when I go there to, to pick it up, they're like, it's not here. So they actually had to start an investigation and ultimately they found it. The package was still on the truck. The mail delivery person oh. used, it never actually got taken off the truck. It just was slow trying to find it. Okay. Yeah. My, my, um, in my building, they normally buzz. Well, that's the thing. Like if they, like, if they were to buzz and I'm not here, you know, they like, that's the thing is I don't understand why that can't happen, uh, but it, it is what it is. And it's, it's weird. Cause in our previous building, like 10 years ago, um, obviously probably a different mail delivery person that they'd always buzz. Yeah. Always. Now it's like, I might get buzzed, but the likelihood is, is I'm just going to go downstairs, see the notice on my mailbox and have to go, yeah. you know, whenever to pick it up. 
Interesting. Anywho, uh, speaking of uh, delivering news, um, not a whole lot in the world of the Vancouver Titans and the Toronto Defiant, but then we are getting into the holiday season. So our, uh, our payload is going to be pretty light. And then when we get into the fray, there are obviously still changes taking place. And we alluded to a conversation that we're going to have on the uh, special bonus episode that we, uh, we recorded last week when the Vancouver Titans broke some news. So we'll, we'll touch on that, a few other changes. But uh, this is episode 99. Do you know what that means? Uh, that it cannot go any higher. It's the mm. max level. That's it. This is we're done. Podcast over, or do we like restart? It's just gonna be ninety nine forever. Mm. So like episode ninety nine, and next week will be ninety nine, and two weeks after that ninety nine. That's yeah, that's we maxed it. out. That's mm. it. Happens to the best of them. Uh, but uh, if we decide to go one more episode one hundred, that'll be in two weeks' time. Mm-hmm. Which we still have no idea what we're gonna do about. Will no Sam be here? Pressure. Well, I hope he will be. He hasn't said so. I mean, he gave us a heads up. He wouldn't be here this week, but he hasn't said anything about what maybe that's, that's the, like the big special, right? That's the milestone. Us that's being all, all three of us being here. Together. <laughs> Sam shows up episode 100. So we'll see him for the big ones, like 200 and yeah. 300 Sam specials. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we, again, if you have any ideas as to, to what you'd like us to do to celebrate, uh, we are all ears. Let us know on uh, RSP discord. If you're not a member of RSP Discord yet, easiest way to get there is discord.io slash readysetpone. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can shoot us something on Twitter at readysetpone there. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. Not on TikTok yet. Mm-hmm. But maybe in the future. Who knows? Uh, you <laughs> know what? Let's, uh, let's get ourselves to the payload. Moving the payload. Join me. If there's one complaint that I have made about the Vancouver Titans since the end of their first season... It's that they have taken the community for granted, or at least my perception is that they've taken the community for granted. Sure, they hosted uh, watch parties and they hosted sort of some meet and greet style events. They tried monetizing them, but never did it really feel to be truly community oriented. It felt very transactional. So I need to applaud the Vancouver Titans finally getting around to really engaging the community and. I do need to give credit, uh, you know, to the likes of Sam and, uh, you know, Connor previously, Tristan, the, the, the staff that they have in place now who are, are finally being given an opportunity, uh, right. to, to do this type of activity. And so the Titans held a community night last week with uh, Q and a sessions. They had, uh, uh, you know, FRD or Fred Winner there, they had fire, they had links or uh, Dalton stopped into ghost sessions <laughs> yeah, I uh, saw to, that. to listen in, to hear a little bit about what his uh, new teammates had to, had to say. And while I, I wasn't able to attend cause it was actually last minute. I want to say we got like a day's notice mm-hmm. and functionally Thursdays are the one day of the week that I, I just have very limited ability to move pieces around. Uh, but you, you actually attended one of the sessions, did you not? Yeah, I did. Uh, it was one of the first ones and I couldn't really uh, speak or anything because uh, Lena was uh, taking her exam <laughs> during that time. So I was just uh, listening in. Um, honestly, I really liked it. I thought it was just going to be like, you know, I- I'm I'm used to like awkward interactions with, uh, with these guys or players. And then maybe it was a, the thing when there was the huge uh, language barrier, but it, it was pretty cool. It was managed really well by Sam, like you said, but uh, I, I have to say uh, it was really 
a breath of fresh air because it's all doom and gloom and when some people talk about Titans right now. But I liked seeing and hearing the positivity and, op- uh, and optimism that uh, these new uh, players brought. Mm-hmm. And they're all super talkative, opinionated, engaged. They're like, they're characters. So I'm glad we have these guys on board. Um, there was another key takeaway that they're all uh, very, very much into the healthy lifestyle. Uh, when they were asked about uh, what was their go-to drink, all, they all said water. Not only that, they just backed it up by showing their uh, bottles. Oh, wow. <laughs> they were at the ready, all three. And and uh, Afraid, he br- brought up his uh, two-liter behemoth jug of water. It kind of inspired me to get uh, a big bottle myself. So I'm already impacted by by this new roster. I actually went on to Amazon and I think I bought the biggest bottle they had. It's a one gallon bottle. That's 3.78 liters of water. And uh, yeah, I got one for me and one for Lena because it's so annoying to just go and refill and refill. Yeah, exercise, getting to the water. Yeah, well, now I'm just like, yeah, I'm I'm just drinking. The only time you have to uh, get up is, you know, to to clear out that water. (laughs) Well, you know, the the point that you raise about them having personality, if there was one consistent comment that I saw from those that attended the multiple sessions, is that they have a personality that seems to be resonating with the community that exists today. And again, you raised another good point is that, you know, we look at the previous rosters that the Vancouver Titans have had language barriers were an issue. And that's not to suggest that the players themselves didn't have personality. They did, but the organization was having difficulty tapping into that. And then in turn, allowing this community to sort of understand it. Um, If there is one thing that I think, and again, we've talked about it on previous episodes that the Titans are really looking to do is they're, they're essentially starting fresh. Think of this as that expansion roster. They've hit the reset button. They're now going into this, looking to build themselves a brand, Mm -hmm. not necessarily expecting people forget what all went down, but it's, it's about trying to start over. Right. And while you are like usually building uh, these teams according to the skill of the players, a lot of the time it's a hit and miss with with the type of of characters you you'd get. But yeah, like I said, not only were they very like fun to listen to, but it seemed like uh, despite having uh, you know met each other in person, maybe not Fried and, and Fire who used to you know be on the same team, but it looked like uh, they have quite good you know uh, chemistry going on already between one another. So that was cool. And they spoke about how they are looking forward to, you know, to see the other half of the team. Uh, so yeah, all, yeah, very all in all, very uh, uh, positive emotions, which um, I'm really happy to have after that uh, little session. Yeah. And a few other, you know, things that came out, cause this is the other problem is that the sessions themselves, if they were recorded, they are not accessible to us. Yeah. Um, you having gone to one session, we got sort of a snapshot as to what was oh, yeah. there. bootlegged version of that. Yeah, which I, you know, you've shared on YouTube. I will make it public maybe by the time this episode goes live. So if you're interested, you can watch on these session. Uh, but uh, it was discussed how, you know, um, the players themselves are looking forward to coming to Vancouver. Right. Now, obviously, pandemic means there's still a lot of questions that need to be answered before a lot of that occurs. But it does sort of revisit the idea that the team will be centralized in one place, possibly. Now where we don't know, and we'll talk about that, I'm sure as, as 2021 uh, starts to to roll itself out. But uh, yeah, they all seemed quite jacked to be coming to Vancouver. 
Mm-hmm. Now, if you are upset because you're like, oh my goodness, I didn't hear about this community night. First and foremost, you need to follow RSP on Twitter. Obviously, us first, Titan second. Uh, Titans Discord, RSP Discord's also been where it was shared. But the Vancouver Titans themselves are actually holding a second community night, a second of three. Uh, this community night being Q&A on Thursday. So again, Thursday uh, night, where you get to hang out with uh, Dalton, Rolf, and Shredlock. So the remaining three from the previous issue. The veterans. Yeah, the veterans. Uh, so it's, again, it's Q&A. Uh, you get to ask a question and uh, you get to hear hear the answer. Um, unfortunately, again, being Thursday, I'm not going to be there. Um, but uh, Omni, are you going to sign up or have all your ans- questions been answered with the three vets? Well, the main one with the with the water is uh, is probably the most impactful uh, one for me. But <laughs> no, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, why not? It, it was fun the last time around, and uh, hopefully, I can join one again. Cool, cool, cool. The uh, other thing that the Vancouver Titans have sort of alluded to possibly doing is having a community game night. Um, so, if you recall, we held one with the RSP. We had uh, former coach, assistant coach Weeps join us. Um, this being official probably gets players out uh, and, and, and whatnot. No details have been uh, released yet. But again, these are these are good things. These are things that other teams have been doing a long time. And finally, the Vancouver Titans are starting to engage with their community as any organization that wants to establish a community should. A team that already knows how to do this, the Toronto Defiant, They've been doing things too. I mean, they had a community game night uh, with, I think it was Naomi Kyle. Uh, they've had a number of community movie nights, community pugs. Like, again, this is their Discord community setting things up and the teams have embraced it. Um, but they also have a community award. And the second uh, community hero was Frog Smile. And if you are a member of Defiant Court, you already know this. If you follow the Toronto Defiant, you already know this. A very well deserved uh, honor given to her. Um, you know, it's it's good to see the Toronto Defiant recognizing those within the community um, as they are. I mean, first one was, was Root Bear, Richard, as we know, Frog Smile being the second one. Uh, no idea who it'll be for the third, but nominations are, are currently open. Um, what I need to do is try to get Frog Smile on as a, a guest of the meta. Learn more about how she became a, a fan of the, the Toronto Defiant. Anywho, that's all we have for the Toronto Defiant Vancouver Titans. Unless, of course, uh, podcast lore dictates something breaks on Wednesday. Uh, both, well, the Titans for sure still need to share a seventh player. We are now within the one month countdown for the Titans to at least say who player number seven is. Toronto Defiant already have enough players, but there is a sort of a gap uh, in their, their DPS lineup. So only time will tell. There are seven, yeah, there are seven teams that still haven't uh, uh, announced a fully, like, well, at least seven players. Yeah, and we'll get to, into the rest of those uh, teams upcoming on yep. The Fray.
back into the fray. As the year has sort of ticked on and the end of the calendar is fast approaching, the number of changes that have been happening in the Overwatch League have been fewer and fewer. And that makes some sense. Teams sort of had this drastic, oh my goodness, and now players are starting to be re-signed. So rapid fire, who has been cut? Well, the Los Angeles Valiant cut, quote-unquote, KSF. Seoul cut Toby. The Shanghai Dragons cut Stand 1, as well as Quartermain. Now, rapid-fire additions. Boston is signed Stand 1. Uh, the Chengdu Hunters actually traded for Molly, uh, and traded Molly to Shanghai, sorry. They then went and signed uh, Gaga, or I think GA9A, uh, Faraway 1987. Uh, Florida re-signed Kuki as their head coach. The Guangzhou Charge signed uh, Damon and Nico as their assistant coaches. Houston signed Happy Piggy, Django, KSF. The Los Angeles Gladiators signed Skewed. San Francisco Shock signed Nero and Glister. The Seoul Dynasty signed Animo and Sabiolbi. And the Shanghai Dragons re-signed DM. Now, of the additions, the one that we had sort of talked about on that bonus show had to do with what San Francisco is up to. San Francisco arguably has enough to field two top two tier two top tier teams in the Overwatch League. Uh, it feels like they were able to do that for the last three years, really. Yeah, two and, years. And some people were alluding to the fact that, oh, maybe San Francisco just has a lot of money and they're throwing it around. But the more common belief is that it's not that San Francisco is throwing out the money per se. It's that the organization and its performance um, are both thought of uh, quite positively. Like, let's be real. The Vancouver Titans organization, I don't think is well regarded within the competitive Overwatch scene. And that might be underselling the point. So if you had a choice between the Vancouver Titans and the San Francisco Shock, the San Francisco Shock, just as a name and organization, speak loud. But then you start to think of the consideration of, will you play if you sign with the Shock? Might the Titans right. offer more money? I mean, there's all these factors, but how an organization operates and what it can do for you as a player, you know, it, I think it's a very compelling and motivating factor. And one of the reasons why they can go and sign the likes of Nero or Glister, because obviously San Francisco needed to become even better. Yeah. It's uh, it's a good thing that the hunger, you know, will still be maintained by bringing in all this uh, fresh blood. Because uh, when you win, it's really hard to repeat, and and obviously three repeating is even harder. So mm -hmm. they gotta they gotta refresh, and and they and they have refreshed even like when they won the first uh, championship uh, two years ago, it was. A different team obviously the core is kind of the same and we still have super and and violet and and moth at a time but at the end of the day you gotta freshen it up and then this year they won without sinatra and then they brought in uh striker and like you said uh when you get the opportunity to play for for the shock the only time where you you skip on that opportunity is either if you had already won some championships with them and you and Teams are literally throwing like bags of money at you. Like what happened with Moth, I assume, because I'm, I'm pretty sure uh, he was offered an opportunity to play th there again. But yeah, these are two great additions. And, and San Francisco are just going to, you know, do what they do. They can play any meta. They have their great uh, coaching staff headed by Krusty. And they're just going to dominate. In, I'm, I'm, I can't say that I'm not upset, but in... 
you know, a weird way. I'm, I'm also happy that there is an organization like that. It shows everyone how things uh, need to be done. And then it looks like it's kind of a, the, the league is in a, in a phase now that like, oh, all, all that we need to do now is somehow take down the shock. And, and it's always been a good narrative in other uh, sports leagues where, where things like that happen. It, it kind of makes the league try a bit harder on mm-hmm. any given night where they play them or uh, obviously when you go into the playoff and try to exploit any type of, of, of weakness that they might show. There was a conversation on RSP Cord uh, that took place today. Um, obviously, if you're listening to the podcast, it was probably a day previous. But it was around a, a tweet that a, I think it was a vast had uh, shared about uh, a player like Janu, a former Vancouver Titan, formerly of the Washington Justice. Yeah. Janu is available, and it doesn't appear as if Janu will receive an Overwatch League offer. I mean, he may, time will tell, but functionally right now, here is someone who I think we as Vancouver Titans fans might regard as a pretty solid off-tank, available and not getting a snip. And Avast had said that, you know, if you're an Overwatch League player and you don't depart the San Francisco shock, there is some risk to you actually finding an opportunity in another team. And from there, people were starting to reply, like, oh, if the players had a players association, a players union, this wouldn't happen. No, not at all. I mean, all an association or union would do is probably prevent what we saw with the Vancouver Titans take place. Or if it did, it would protect those players when it comes to sure. remuneration. Having a union or association doesn't guarantee a job. I mean, when you look at the competitive Overwatch scene, how many kids are out there who could probably play at the top level? in the right situation, with the right roster, and the right coaches. There is a vast quantity of players that are available. So you then have to factor in as a business, well, what is it that you want to accomplish? I mean, everyone out there and many of our listeners say, oh, you got to win. You know what? This league is so young that winning is not everything. There can only be one winner. And because there can only be one winner... You might come in second place, have fielded a very competitive roster, had generated a lot of hype, but that cost you a lot of real hard cash. Yeah. And I mean, you if you were to question me, like, well, Chris, what are you talking about? The Paris Eternal Exhibit A, this past <laughs> season, arguably they had started to build something. And where are they today? Teasing that they have announcements to make uh-huh. in every roster. But as we are recording this right now, the Paris Eternal have a roster of zero. They hit the full reset button on a roster that performed. Because what it comes down to is in this very, you know, young league is building a brand, building an organization, building a community. It's not like your traditional sort of sports operation that has years behind it. It right. is all brand new. So I think when we think about these these changes that have been taking place this season, I think, quite frankly, a lot of them might have been expedited because of the pandemic, the loss of the homestands, but it was almost a reset that probably needed to occur. Right. And that would be regardless. Hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it's unfortunate, but that's the reality. And, 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 it's it's a very cutthroat, uh, you know, world that these players are very familiar with at this point, and I'm sure that there is a lot of talents that that deserve a spot. Do I think that Janu is 
it could be in in let's say uh, over half of the teams and then still be productive and a very good off tank of course but that doesn't mean that there's anybody else who who might you know be given a, be given a shot to do that like mm-hmm. who who would have know, known that that Salmons would get another opportunity right it's all um, decisions that might occur just because you had an off day in, in your yeah. trials, I don't know. Maybe you got got a headache. Maybe you're playing in pink, and that's how it is. And and these players are fully aware of that. And and it is unfortunate. And I don't know how you uh, really uh, uh, remedy that. But mm-hmm. I I don't know because uh, I never uh, was in in I, I never worked in a com- in such a competitive environment where you are literally you have to realize that whatever job like you are doing right now in your normal life, there are no, uh, like, I don't know what number we have there of, of players, 250 people in the entire planet that can have that spot. Right. Yeah. It's not the same. No. So. And I, and I, you know, when we, we consider like someone who is a good example I mean, the, there was talk that someone who had received an offer after the Vancouver Titans explosion and turned it down ultimately to think that there would be something else that might come its way and and didn't until this past season. There was some conversation that Janu may have received an offer and simply said no to it, either believing his worth was higher or looking for a different situation. This is the thing that I think ultimately needs to play out is that the vast number of players who could potentially compete in the Overwatch League, it's still a young league, there are teams, their organization looking to develop something other than a win like every team will tell you they're going to go for the the grand finals champion uh, tag, but that's not actually, you know, what the teams are thinking from a business perspective of right. doing tomorrow. San Francisco, sure. San Francisco wants to three-peat. But then you look at a Vancouver Titans, a Paris Eternal, a New York Excelsior. Mm-hmm. These are teams that are, are, are pivoting in different directions for a variety of, of reasons. And, and someone like Janu is, is currently on the outside looking in yeah and, and the shelf life is so short as well like oh gosh yeah what was the best team of all time lunatic high and, and that's it toby the last remaining bit of that team of that you know legendary squad is gone so you, you can tell it nothing lasts forever in, in this uh environment yeah and you know from a competitive perspective within the game what is it like five years tends to be sort of the sweet spot for for most players that we've seen so far where they're, they're in the peak, you know, level that they're able to play in. I know there's a few, that's very generous. I think like the five years, but let's say, okay, if I even generous five years, compare that to other sort of what we would think sports environments, right? Five years is actually probably on the low end, unless Mm -hmm. you want to take it. So (laughs) you, you don't have a lot of time to, to, to perform, no, to excel. And then in turn, you know, leave in your, your own terms. Now, speaking of, of teams and pivoting, the London Spitfire are currently rocking one player. They get fused. The New York Excelsior, they're the Jonax. The <laughs> Paris Eternal, they've got zero. You have three teams right now, as we are recording, that need to sign someone. <laughs> anywhere from six to seven someones. Well, we're going to pointing out that the I'm Vancouver available. Titans are yeah, no kidding. Team <laughs> RSP is available. Um, Vancouver Titans, who are sitting at the sixth spot, aren't actually in such drastic position as no. a team like the Paris Eternal, the London Spitfire, the New York Excelsior. Now, 
if we were to actually consider, well, what other teams still need players? Outside of those three, Titans, Uprising, and the Mayhem. Yeah. Again, and this this is only for the officially announced players. Who knows? Oh, and Valiant, uh, sorry. Where Inc. Inc. was already placed on some contracts. We don't know. Yeah. I guess Soul. No, Soul's got enough now, I think. Soul, five players? No, no wait. They, yeah, I didn't more, update that. That's that, true. Yeah. Um, but the the point being is that there are teams that still need to go and you're right. Put pen to paper. Make sure the ink dries. Um, as but we've ink, learned here at our Twitter, happen. <laughs> yeah. white out over top of your signature. Undo it. Um, there aren't a lot of players that one might go and piece together to sign for London, New York, or, or Paris. Like I'm genuinely curious how they go and put together a roster unless they do sort of piecemeal as, as we've seen a, a number of other teams do. Um, Paris, as we already pointed out, they're rumoring that they're going to make some announcements. Maybe that changes, but it's less than a month to go. And when the roster deadline that's written on a napkin that could very well be lost and replaced. Um, but I've got to imagine we're going to see some action soon because it would be very odd to watch these teams make announcements over what we would consider that traditional holiday season. Things slow down everywhere during that period of time. So anywho, um, a team, however, that does need an additional player is hosting a winter ball this weekend. (laughs) The Los Angeles Valiant announced that they are hosting the Valiant winter ball, uh, which is kind of like a, a, I guess a tournament um, between the Valiant, the the Florida man, the Los Angeles gladiators and the Atlanta rain. It's uh, December 12, 13, uh, this is the type of event I think we're going to see more of is sort of these invitationals uh, until such time as the start of the season. This being the first of what we're seeing now. Oh, there was the Shanghai Masters uh, game played already. Uh, the series oh, yeah, of games. Yeah, right. yeah. I, I totally forgot about that. You're right. Um, but yeah, I mean, these, these types of events is what we'll see more of. Uh, LAV, they're kind of short a player right now. Uh, mm-hmm. The Florida Mayhem are... are Actually, no, they're not short players, but they're short positions. Yeah. Um, so right there, you have two teams that you have a question mark with. Uh, Glads are are fine. And then the, the Atlanta Reign, um, they're, they're actually in a good spot as well for players. So, you know, you'd think as a host, you'd have announced all the players who will be playing. So maybe that's what they're going to do is they're going to roll out their flex DPS. Hmm live during the event it's like you know the WWE <laughs> with the return like agility's returns to or like defran. fireworks defran <laughs> actually defran would probably be the better entry yeah than, than it goes now by farmer at least on on his <laughs> he plays that account in his streams <laughs> oh but uh you know i'm gonna actually i will check it out uh, this weekend if i've got some time just to, to see what it's a uh, what it's about uh, i won't lie it I enjoy watching Overwatch uh, competitively, you know, whether it be in Contenders or or um, sort of some of the other you know, kind of play we might see that's streamed by by individuals. But I, for me, watching Overwatch League matches is more the pinnacle experience, and I struggle because I'm not so into the competitive scene that I want to follow the ins and outs of it, the the intricacies. Um, 
it's just not, it's not a space I've ever, ever been in. As far as what else is going on in the world of the game, checked out that experimental card yet? <laughs> yep. Played a bit. Um, there are some changes in the experimental <laughs> card, but the one that has uh, been most experimental has to do with my boy, Reinhardt. Reinhardt was given a buff, not only to his primary, but to fire strike. Not a significant buff per se. Um, yeah, but, not at all. But the buff is, you know, when you, when you actually start doing the math, it effectively deletes 200 hit point characters in two swings. <laughs> like if you have either, uh, you know, a mercy amp or you have, uh, you know, the up amp damage from, from Zen or a combination of both. It's like, why use your shield? Just swing your hammer and throw a fire strike at people. Delete those, those agitating characters that drive you nuts. Like I, yeah. I've enjoyed my time. The few times I've been able to play experimental. <laughs> um, but I've actually found I've been playing more DPS on experimental these days yeah. because everyone is playing tank and then a few are playing support. You don't need to shield your DPS if you're the DPS, right? Well, you know, I've been saying this for how long now? Like you need more DPS. Reinhardt is the answer. Like, <laughs> well, now at least you're right. Well, I've always been right. I'm just oh, more okay. right now. <laughs> do you, do you think that this change makes it to production? That's the thing. Sometimes when they like uh, go outrageously crazy with these buffs, uh, you don't want that to happen to your main. I, I feel like they're going to tone it down a little bit. Well, but when we say it will carry over, but I'm not sure if it's in, in those num with those numbers. Well, that's the thing. Like when we talk about outrageous, like you, they've been playing around with Moira on experimental with all sorts of crazy, yeah. um, you know, adjustments. This is with the fade. Oh yeah. Where, yeah, I can fade the entire team or I can escape CC and, Jeez. and whatnot. Um, but like Reinhardt, like really, what did he get? He got a small, Buff to the amount of damage to his primary. How is this any different than people who are playing soldier right now as if he shoots a laser? It's not small. Well, okay. <laughs> I mean, considering the amount of damage throughput you have with those hammer swings or the fire, like, I mean, the fire strike, I think is the one, if, if anything comes through, the fire strike buff comes through because right. fire strike or still requires you to, to have some modicum of skill at distance. Um, and it's cooldown prevents it from being a a overly used, you know, close quarters option. But, you know, I, I'll use Soldier as an example. Put Soldier into the right hands of someone right now, and he shoots a laser. Like, what? That's true. Right? Like, that, that push through. Where is the skill gap? The skill gap is when it gets in the hands of someone like me who can't deal with the recoil. It's not a laser for me. But for those that do deal with the recoil, my goodness, I'm like getting deleted by soldier as Reinhardt. Well, that's his job. That's true. But he can't do it if I can beat the living daylights out of him with two swings of a hammer. That's also true. <sighs> I'm actually genuinely surprised that uh, the holiday events hasn't started yet. Hmm. I forgot about that. That's I mean, we're, we're, we're into you know, technically the point of time where it would, it's possible. Like, you know, we are recording on Tuesday. Occasionally some of the events might launch the following day, but we haven't had any news about it. 
They might be crunching it for um, BlitzCon online. <laughs> yeah, we'll get the, the Winter Wonderland in February. Uh, maybe the Winter Wonderland in the Overwatch 2 beta. Maybe. Maybe, maybe. Maybe I'll still win this bet. And we won't have our, you know, NBA episode to kick off 2021 or whatever. Hey, beta doesn't count. We well, talked about releases. Yeah, the gray area. <laughs> I had my lawyer look over things. Yeah, I'm sure. Oh, but yeah, here we are at the end of a, a pretty, you know, short episode. There's not a whole lot going on in the world of, obviously, the Overwatch League. We came to you with a bonus episode last week to talk about the big Titans news. And we'll continue to do this. If the Titans or the Defiant release really big news, like multiple players, things that we can't sit on for two weeks, we will come to you with a bonus episode in between. Or if there's drastic news within the Overwatch League that we won't sit on, again, we'll come to you. But yeah, no, here we are at the end of uh, episode 99, which will be forever known as the last episode we ever record until we record another one called episode 99. Let's not do 100 until Sam returns. Yeah, he's probably listening right now. Like, oh, dude, great. I'll join you next year. <laughs> Speaking of next year, just sort of some high-level uh, insight into plans. We, we we talked a little bit about doing these sort of fun episodes in between. Um, like RSP does games, RSP does food, stuff like that. Um, early next year, we'll kick those off. They'll be short-form episodes. Consider them bonus episodes. They'll be interspersed. Um, so Again, stay tuned for some of that. Just us having some fun, creating some content. Uh, the meta is going to make a return in, in 2021. The cadences to which we'll probably have the meta segment to, introduced into episodes is on a monthly basis. So look for someone to join us in January. And again, if you think that should be you, as a Vancouver Titans fan or a Toronto Defiant fan, please reach out to us. Discord is the best way. Again, because it allows me to more effectively track uh, than the number of tweets or DMs that we get. There are a few people that I know have reached out and I'm trying to do my best to sort of think about when we might be able to get them in. And I in turn will reach out. But again, if don't leave it to chance. Don't presume that I've heard you say you're interested. Let us know. And then uh, obviously things will, will occur. We got BlizzCon line in February, the return of the Overwatch League in spring. And as more and more news sort of happens, we'll eventually transition the cadence of our show back to, to weekly. I was kicking around the idea of potentially adding a, a fourth host. Uh, will that be a fourth? And, and if, if Sam doesn't return, though, like... Well, no, then it would be a third. Mm. Maybe we're introducing podcast drama right now. People are like, what are they doing <laughs> with Sam? What's going on with Sam? Why is he not let's, coming? Let's find another Sam Chan, and then we'll have just another, another Sam Chan. <laughs> uh no, no, no. It'll be uh, not another Sam Chan. That's that's the next host. I don't care what your name is, but you're not <laughs> another Sam Chan. <laughs> oh, man. You can tell it's the silly season. <sighs> Definitely. Oh, well. Got any, uh, got any holiday plans lined up, seeing as uh, you and I are under lockdown until the new year? Yeah, probably a lot of cyberpunk is in my future. Yeah, I've I've got it pre-loaded uh, on on my PC. Um, no. I will probably you know fire it up. It was gifted to me over a year ago, so nice. I figure I should probably. Wow, that's it. early. Well, the original launch date was not this December, obviously. That's true. 
Uh, I've been playing a lot of World of Warcraft, as I talked about in the last show. I moved WoW from my HDD to my SDD. Mm-hmm. And you might ask, why would you go do that? I was hitting huge FPS lag spikes, audio spikes, audio stutter. And I can't, couldn't for the life of me figure it out. I would lowered settings to like potato mode and it was still happening. Is your hard drive holding you back? Well, the only other thing that I could consider trying before I started to really dive into like, you know, what's running task wise in the background uh, was, well, why don't I move it over to the SSD, move to the SSD and it was working like a charm. It's smooth as butter. Now great. that's great. But why is it that world of Warcraft is having these issues, but a game like, you know, call of duty and call of duty Warzone were not like, what is so intensive about world of Warcraft, which is built to be played on potatoes <laughs> that I was experiencing like spikes and it was problematic because it would always happen in like raids and dungeons. So like here we are in a boss fight and I'd be like on comms. Yeah. My, my game froze what's happening. And then it would unfreeze and I was a corpse. So you can imagine how, how uh, pugs felt about me. Definitely. But I, I have been playing Shadowlands. It's, it's scratching an itch. Yeah. Yeah. We're, um, the, the reason why we really like, wow, single player games, we play with Lena together and, uh, we just recently finished, uh, the Witcher 3 for the first time, like at least the main campaign. So that was quite an experience. And now we re- we returned into Assassin's Creed a little bit because we both have an OCD. Like I know the new Valhalla game came out, but we're we're not going to play it until we actually talk about the series. Oh, okay. Uh, PS5. Yeah. And, you know, so we finished uh, Assassin's Creed Unity and now we're into Assassin's Creed Syndicate. Hmm. PS5, no, I still don't have it. Now that I have the, the RTX, I'm not going to, you know, multi, multi-platform games are going to be on PC. Well, and in fairness, like you look at what Microsoft has been doing is they yeah. have been making it so much easier. Like you, True. you could arguably go and, you know, get Game Pass Ultimate and you're going to get a ton of platform games, uh, whether it be direct from one of the Microsoft labels or through EA Play. Mm-hmm. At, for, for that monthly cost. Like I, I genuinely am curious as to when Sony looks to make a similar transition to their product lineup, but still there are exclusives out there that you might be missing out on. No, I will get it, but somewhere down the line, probably when like they announce, um, the PS6? Re- remake part two. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Anywho, uh, what are you up to? What are you playing? I know some of our listeners haven't been playing overwatch for a while. Well, what games do you play? Is it among us still? Are there people jumping into fall guys? I know Michael was really into fall guys for a spell getting all hmm. those grounds, but uh, yeah, let us know in discord on Twitter, wherever you might happen to follow us. Um, but yeah, here we are. End of an episode. Any final words of wisdom for all of our listeners there on me? In case I don't see you. Good afternoon. Good evening. And good night. What movie was that from? Oh, come on. You don't remember? No, it's Jim Carrey, but I can't remember the name uh, of the Truman Show. Truman Show, thank you. Like I could see the I could see the image in my mind. I'm like, Wait, but what's the name of the movie? I don't remember. Is that Truman's show or the Truman Show? I think it's the Probably Truman the... Show. The Truman Show. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. Yeah. Uh final words for me. It's just everyone stay healthy, stay safe. Um, please, you know, keep yourself in 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 good spirits as best as you can. And uh 2021 is upon us. The new year is going to bring new, new things. I don't think going into 
2020, if we think back a year ago for now that we would have ever considered where we are today. So quite frankly, the bar has been set so low, it can only hopefully get better uh, from here. So on behalf of Sam at another Sanchez who isn't here, and hopefully we'll be here in a couple of weeks' time, uh, Omni at Omni Strike, myself, Chris, at Light Forest, we'll sign this magical episode off, episode 99, with catchphrase.